0: today I want to wrap up this series we've been in uh, called In It to Win It. And the big idea behind this series is the idea that um, Christ has called us to be, live victorious lives, uh, to live lives as overcomers. And so we've been looking at all these things in life that we tend to kind of get stuck in front of or can't seem to move beyond, and, uh, and how we, through God's help, can overcome. Them. And I, I want to encourage you, um, if you missed some in this series or haven't been around for this, uh, please go on to our website. You can either uh, watch the videos or you can listen to the podcast. I have discovered I actually look better on audio than I do on visual. So that, but if you're interested in that, please go back, listen to them. Again not, again, not because I preach these, but because I really believe that these are all things that we struggle with. Disappointment, guilt, mediocrity, all, all of these various things that we talked about are things that we wrestle with. Today, I want to talk Talk about one this this service today probably going to make uh, some of us feel a little uncomfortable, um, but it's an issue that I really believe is probably one of the primary things that we get stuck in, and we're not able to overcome and move forward. And um, and, and today I want to I want to push us a little bit to maybe give over a part of our lives to God that some of us have kind of held back, and uh, that is our past. Some of you, uh, throw that picture up on the screen. I don't know if any of you recognize that face. That's uh, Riley Leone. Riley is a a 16-year-old, lives down in uh, Elgin, Texas area. Uh, Last Monday, Riley went to a Whataburger, uh, filled out a job application and uh, was excited about maybe getting, you know, getting a new job. And he, he drove his pride and joy, his Silverado truck that used to belong to his father, had been in the family for years. His father had used that as a work truck, actually kind of helped build their, their home and kind of make a living for their family. Riley bought the truck from his dad, and it was kind of his pride and joy. But on his way back from the interview uh, and filling out the application, this is what happened. Some of you probably have seen this. Look at that. Did you catch what just happened in that video? Watch this again. Here comes the tornado. He's trying to make a U-turn. The tornado catches him, spins his truck around, flips it over on its side, spins it around on its side, flips it back upright, and then what does Riley do? He just keeps driving. Anybody else find this fascinating? I watched this video like a hundred times. I can't, I can't believe what this, what this 16-year-old kid did. Now, again, I told you that this, this Silverado, was, it was his pride and joy. And uh, even though he was able to drive it for a while, it, it actually totaled the vehicle. Throw, throw that next picture up on the screen. This is what his Silverado looked like after he had got him drug around on its side. And he was really heart sick, you know, about all of this. And uh, you know, and it was kind of one of those deals. Of course, they only had liability insurance on it, and his his pride and joy, you know, that he owned his first truck. Now got all but the great news is there was a dealership in Dallas who heard about what happened. Throw the next picture up, and they give him a brand new Silverado. And I saw the story. I wondered, so where was this dealership in 2013 when the rest of all all of us had vehicles? You know, but this was this was so cool. Now here here's what hit me. Here's what hit me about this story you know one is this tornado caught him completely by surprise and i thought isn't that life you know you're 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 on your way you're taking care of business you go you know you get fill out a job application you're just living your life day to day and out of nowhere this storm comes rolling in that you're not prepared for you don't see coming and it spins you around flips you over you know and just and just makes you know just makes life crazy for you but what hit me was what riley did He kept going. And what hit me was I was thinking about the message this week is this is what many of us do not do. For many of us, when life storms hit us and hit us hard, take our breath away, wound us in some way, create some kind of trauma or event for us, can we be honest? Some of us get stuck there and we're not able to move past some of these things that we've gone through. Now, that's what I, I want to talk about, because I really believe with all of my heart that God can help us get past our past. Now, how many of you have a past? Uh, most of you. That's good. Some of you were just born today, maybe. <laughs> We all have a past. It's just a matter of what kind of past that we have. Now, I want you to look at the words. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with it if you like to take notes. Um, I'm gonna, we'll throw this up on the screen for you. But I want you to look at the passage of Scripture from Philippians chapter 3, as Paul gives us some, just some incredible words about how he dealt with his past. Now, look at, look at what he says. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I am perfect. I haven't learned all I should even yet but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. I love, I love that statement. I just, I, I have, I'm not there yet, but I'm really working toward all that God wants to do me. He said, no, dear brothers, I am still not all that I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. Now read this out loud with me. Forgetting the past And looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for us. I do what? Paul said, here's where where I focus all my energy. I forget the past. And I'm looking toward what God wants to do. Now, I want to talk very candidly with you about this today, because in my journey, one of the things I've discovered, not just for myself, but with a lot of people that I've walked with, we get stuck in the past. Some of us, there are things that we have been through that if we're honest, they still come up. They interfere with the way that we think about ourselves. They interfere with the way that we think about God. They interfere with the way that we relate to other people. If we're honest, there are things that, that are there for us that even though it may be behind us, look at me, it's not really behind us because it's right with us every single day. How do we do what Paul did? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in just a second. He so, said, well, Steve, what kind of things do we get stuck in? Where, where, where does that happen for us? Let me give you, let me give you five, but there are probably 30, but let me just give you five of them real quick. You ready? We get stuck in the past when we refuse to forgive others. When we refuse to forgive others. You know, almost all of us along the way have people who who do things that are hurtful or offensive to us. And some of us are able to deal with that, forgive that, and move on. Look at me. But some of us don't. Some of us, if we're honest, we, we hold that. Uh, we allow what has happened to us to become like a seed of bitterness, or, or we, we bear it like a grudge, and, and instead of really trying to work through to get to the other side of it, we just keep going, ruminating it over and over and over, and remember finding, finding multiple reasons why we need to hold on to that. You know, some of the strongest stuff that Jesus talks about in the New Testament is how we should forgive others. And uh, in one, in fact, one of, the most, one of the strongest statements that he makes in Matthew chapter 6 is, you know what, if you're not willing to forgive others their sin, neither is your heavenly Father willing to forgive you your sin. That is some strong stuff that we need to camp on. How do we need to forgive others? A second way, place we get stuck is when we refuse to forgive ourselves. When we refuse to forgive ourselves. Come on, it's just us. How many of you have ever done something you're really, really ashamed of? You know, and and, and if we're honest, you know, sometimes we get stuck there. You know, the great news of, of the Bible is this. God says, you know, for those who confess their sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is willing to forgive us of whatever we have done. But some of us, if we're honest, even though we've asked God to forgive us, we haven't forgiven ourselves And we allow that unforgiveness that we have for ourselves to keep us from moving forward into the newer things that God wants to do in our life. A third one that many of us deal with is whenever we're bound by past woundedness. Whenever we're bound by past woundedness. We live in a very fractured culture. You know, what we know statistically right now in our country is that about half of marriages end in divorce, which means that there are many of us in this room who grew up in homes with only one parent. Uh, what we know right now is that alcoholism directly, uh, directly affects over one half of American households. Uh, what we know is that one in every three to four boys and girls are sexually abused before age 18. When we start looking at all the statistics of uh, all of the dysfunction that happens across America, if you're going to use a word to describe our culture, it's this word, fractured. Fractured. And there are some of us who have been deeply wounded uh, in the past. Things that have happened to us for no cause of our own, other than being at the wrong place at the wrong time or around the wrong people. There are things that have happened to us, and we are still carrying those wounds deep inside, and we've never allowed God in to heal them. A fourth way that we get stuck in the past is when, when we're holding on to yesterday's grief, when we're still holding on to yesterday's grief. Now, I, I want you to please share my heart with this. Grief is a process. And working through woundedness is sometimes a process. But for some of us, we're not in that process. We're not trying to work through the grief. We're not trying to work through the woundedness. We're holding on to that. And if we hold on to that, and if we nurse that, and if we allow ourselves to stay there, then again, we never move forward into the life and joy and promise that God has for us. We get stuck there. And number five, we get stuck in the past whenever we refuse to admit that our past is a problem. Whenever we refuse to admit that our past is a problem. It's always amazing to me, you know, how many lies we tell each other on Sunday morning. And you guys did it to say, I promise you. Some of us did it today. We came in and we've had a horrid week and there have been things that have happened that, we, that were just kind of right there beneath the surface. And we walk into church and we paint on a smile, don't we, you know? And we go, hey, how you doing? And we go, fine, how are you? I'm fine too. And we just lie to each other. Because we really aren't willing to admit that there's really problems and issues there. And not just about the week gone by. For some of us, we've got some deep, hard stuff that we're really not willing to look at, and we need to deal with it. Now, here's what I believe with all of my heart. Our God is bigger than our past. Our God's arm is long enough to reach all the way back to our places of woundedness and pain and suffering, and God is able to bring healing. Now, that's what I want to talk about today. So how do, how do we do that? How, how do we move past our past? How do we win over it? Well, Here's the first one. First thing I want to do is just kind of give you permission to admit yours by saying this. We have to recognize that you're not alone in your need for past redemption. You're you're not alone in your need to have your past redeemed. Now, here's why I say this. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my own family dysfunction today and some of the stuff that I grew up with and dealt with. But but one of the things for me in, in facing my own stuff has been this, I always felt a little bit odd. I, I felt out of place. I, I felt like I was the only one in the room who probably had a family like this or dealt with this. And some of you can relate to this. What's so interesting to me is how many people who, who will talk to me along the way um, and just set up an appointment and come in and don't wanna talk about stuff that's going on in their life will, will, will tell me about a past that's filled with pain and, and, they'll, you know, and they'll talk about it as if they're the only ones who are really struggling with this and they're not, and you're not, and somewhere along the way, we've got to normalize this and say, you know what? This past stuff that you're, we're dealing with, we all have there. We all have there. Um, I, I love the passage of Scripture, Romans three twenty three, and Paul's talking about all, our need for grace. Read it out loud with me. He says, for Everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards. Now, when Paul says everyone and all, how many of you know that means you? It does. Yeah, what Paul's saying is, if we're honest, folks, we have all failed before God. We have all fallen short. We are all in need of God's great grace and healing. Every single one of us. I what put the statement there on your outline. It says, everyone you know has a past to overcome, and God can overcome everyone's past. Amen? You better believe it. Wednesday night uh, in, my, in my class... Uh, in the class that I was teaching on uh, traveling light, we're using some of Max Licato's stuff. And in our video, Wednesday night, we we played a story where this woman talked about uh, just the woundedness of her life. And she talked about uh, losses that she had, and things that she went through, and failures that she made, and she talked about all this stuff. And when you're watching the video and you're listening to this woman telling her story, you're like, "Wow, you know how 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 could this happen like this? You know how could this woman have such a hard life?" But after the video was over and we were we were kind of unpacking it together, one of the things I started doing with the class, I said, "How many of you? How many of you could tell a story about this? How, would some of you be bold enough to share some of the pain that you've been through?" And you know what was interesting as different ones in the class shared some of their own stuff that they had been through. You know what was interesting? We had in that class everything that that woman had on the video. She wasn't unusual. She wasn't odd. Her life wasn't different. What the, the only common ground every single one of us share is the fact that somewhere along the way, we will all have broken world experiences. That's it. We all will share that. In fact, I, I was, really was pushing the class Wednesday, and the, I was so proud of them for, for participating like that, kind of helping us all understand what we're dealing with around the table. I, I want to do that this morning with you. Now, again, I know this is going to push some of you, and some of you aren't going to want to play, participate, and that's okay. Um, but I want to help give you a picture uh, of how common all of this stuff is that we talk about. And I don't know if you've ever played the game called stand up. Stand up if, and you call out something and people stand up if, they, if they've got that. If you have a bigger than size 10 shoe or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. I, w- I want to do this today to find our common ground and, and to help us. So I'm, I'm going to make statements, and if this fits for you, I want to ask you to stand up, and I just want you to remain standing till I'm done. Okay? Here we go. Uh, the first one... I'm going to start with is, is my own story, because since I'm already standing, um, I, I grew up in a home of, uh, of addiction. Uh, I grew up in a home where my mom was chemically dependent for as long as I could remember. I don't remember a day in my life when my mom was not addicted to prescription medication or something and, uh, and alcoholism and, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff is extremely prevalent in my family, I just, just what I've had to work through. If you grew up in a home, whether it was alcohol or substance abuse or another form of addiction present, would you just stand, please? If you've ever done something, just remain standing. If you've ever done something that you've struggled to forgive yourself for, would you stand, please? If you've ever experienced physical, mental, emotional, or sexual abuse, would you stand, please? If you've ever been bullied, picked on, made fun of, or called names, would you stand, please? If you've ever had to deal with the death of a close friend or a family member, would you stand, please? If you've ever been deeply hurt by someone so bad that it left a scar inside you, would you stand, please? If you've ever been in a horrifying accident or a natural disaster or a tor- terrifying event that left you trouble, would you stand, please? And if you've ever been abandoned, betrayed, or painfully rejected, would you stand, please? Now, I just want you to take one moment, and I just want you to glance around the room. Look at me, church. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross. We all have a path to get past. Amen? You may be seated. Second thought I want to give you is this one. And that is when, when you're facing your past, determine, determine to let the past empower you and not enslave you. Determined to let the past empower you and not enslave you. And this this is the difference. We've already said we've all, we've all got a past that we've got to overcome. But here's the difference. For, for some of us, we've let our past hold us back. We've let our past hem us in. We've let our past keep us captive. And others of us have found with God's help somehow, some way to push through. And that's what you want to do. Not just, not just to let your past be set free, but to actually let it empower you to use your past to propel you to the future. That's why I put the statement under outline. You can't change the past, but with God's help, you can break the chains that it has on you. I love Chuck Swindoll's statement. Put that. Put this up on the screen for me. Chuck said, "Life is ten percent of what happens to you, and ninety percent of how you act, react to it." And that is the absolute truth. Now, we've all got a past, so how can we respond to that past? What can we do to really find hope and healing? Are you ready? I'm going to give you three things. Here's the first one. First, seek God for the courage to face your past. Seek God for the courage to face your past. One of the hardest places for some of us to get to is to a place of honesty where we can admit that our life hasn't been as rosy as we've painted it out to be. And to be really honest about some of the stuff that we've had to deal with. You know, as, I, as I've had to work through some of my stuff and I'm dealing with people who have to work through theirs, people say, well, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna dishonor my parents. It's not dishonoring your parents, but if you don't name what has happened to you, if you don't figure it out, you're never gonna be able to move past it. We've got to be able to be honest about it. I remember in Phoenix, when I was pastoring there, one Sunday, we had a a gal who shared her testimony of when she was a little girl, when she was young, like uh, between, I think, 10 and 14, she had a a relative who uh, sexually abused her, and she talked about how that makes you feel about yourself and just kind of the life that that led her to. And then she talked about how um, finally coming to a place where she understood uh, what Christ had done for her. And she committed her life to Christ. And she said, and for the first time in my life, I I met a man who would love me the way I really needed to be loved. And she talked about how healing God's love was for her. And and she got into to therapy and she began to get help and she began to overcome. And she became one of our, our celebrate recovery leaders, helping other women find freedom from the struggles that they felt have found from their past. And and, and it was so interesting in, in those services because in all three services which she shared her testimony. At the end of her testimony, the entire audience stood to their feet and gave her a standing ovation for for being so bold and so vulnerable and so real. What was amazing, though, was after the services, after that Sunday, how many many people who came out of the woodwork and came up to us and began to share their story, (coughs) began to talk about the stuff that they had gone through. I'll never forget. Between two of the services that Sunday, between the first and second service, I was standing outside the worship center on the patio outside in Phoenix. It was a beautiful day. And as I'm out there talking to people, I saw a woman coming toward me. She was bawling her eyes out. And as she got to me, I just opened my arms and she just leaned into me. She put her head on my shoulder and she just began to sob uncontrollably. And I just kind of held her and I just patted her and I said, It's okay. It's okay. And when she could finally catch her breath, she whispered in my ear and she said, Pastor Steve, I've I've never told anyone this, but I was sexually abused. That woman was 84 years old, 84 for all of these years. She had been carrying that pain inside. And I I remember after I talked with her and prayed with her, I remember that day thinking to myself, Lord, please help me, help me have a church where we can talk about real problems with real people so that we can become before a God who is a real God with real answers to the issues we wrestle with. we got to be able to face it. And for some of us, that's the first step in the journey. The second part of that is to to ask God, not just to face it, but to ask God for the wisdom to learn from your past. Ask God to to, to help to learn from the past. For some of us, this is one of the the real uh, chains that the past has on us, is for some of us, we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And a part of that's because we've not really faced our past and asked God to help us learn from it, and so we don't know what's driving us. I remember having a conversation with a woman one time who had been through multiple marriages, and um, and as we were talking about her situation, I said, the question you really need to ask yourself is this, why is it, why is it that every time you've been married, been married eight times, why is it that every time you've been married, you've married an alcoholic and abusive man? Because until you understand why you're moving toward men like that, you're never going to find the healing that you need. Does this make sense to you? And again, part of of asking God's help is asking God, Lord, help me get honest about what's going on and what do I need to learn about me in all of this? And then thirdly is trusting God for the grace to heal your past. Now, why I say that, trusting God to to heal your past, is for some of us, again, what's so funny is how we've let God into every area of our life except that one place where we really need healing. And for some of us, we need to invite God in. And what's cool is for some of us, simply inviting God into that place God does some amazing work that immediately begins to turn our life around, and we find, this, we find this healing. Sometimes just simply trusting God and admitting it before him and inviting him in, God does some instantaneous healing in hearts and minds. I can introduce you to people who have found instantaneous healing from their past just simply through confessing it to God and letting God do that. I can show, I can introduce you to people who have dealt with addiction for years and when they finally became broken before God, the desire for that just was, was instantaneously moved. Now look at me, hear my heart. It doesn't always happen like that. Often for us, healing is a journey. But sometimes just simply inviting God in, God can do pretty incredible stuff. For others of us, we, we, need, we need to take a step further. We need to trust God not only to come with us, but, but we need to take a step toward a, a place where we can find healing as well. That's why we have Celebrate Recovery, folks. Celebrate Recovery is a safe place to walk with people who are dealing with stuff and have dealt with stuff in their life and who can help you. And it's for all of us. In fact, this Thursday at Celebrate Recovery, Pastor Salvador Hernandez, our pastor of our uh, Chartel in Español, uh, pastor Salvador is going to share his own testimony uh, of some of the own woundedness in his own life. And he spent time in Celebrate Recovery just really working through some of that and how God can bring healing. And if it's okay, you know what, for a pastor, it's okay for you. Sometimes we need a program like that. And let me take it one step further. Sometimes we need just God. Sometimes we need a program or some education. Sometimes we need a therapist. Sometimes we need, a, uh, we need people who are gifted at healing. People like my wife, Wanda. Who, who are gifted as therapists, who can walk with us through our past to, to really untie those knots and let God heal us all the way. You know, I mentioned, um, I grew up in a in a family with uh, addiction and mom was pretty much a mess most of my life and loved her to death, but she was, she had her issues. My father worked at Job usually two or three jobs, and was just gone an awful lot and so I grew up very alone in the early days of my life and I never realized how much impact that had on me until I became an adult and I got into ministry and I began to struggle with some of those issues and i 'll never forget the the Saturday night i was I got up to do prayer time at our little church in in Pennsylvania. And, And as I began to share with the people, my mom had called, and I was going to share her prayer request, and as I stood in front of the people that night, I I just started crying. And I couldn't stop. And I mean, seriously, it was like an out-of-body experience, where I'm telling myself, stop crying, stop crying, and I couldn't. And I literally dropped to my knees on the stage that night, and just was sobbing, and the people were so gracious, and they, they gathered around me, and they prayed over me, and they hugged and loved on me and until I got enough out that I was able to get up and continue on. And but for the next two weeks, I'd be somewhere in town. I'd be talking to somebody, the middle of a conversation, I'd be talking with someone, and all of a sudden, I would start crying again. And, uh, and I just felt so out of control. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was, just, I was just like, I was out of control. And I remember I came home one day, and I told Wanda, I was literally shaking, I told Wanda, I said, babe, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think I'm having a nervous breakdown. I don't even know what that is. And my wife, bless her heart, she looked at me, and she patted my hand. She said, you know, Steve, she goes, I, I just really think a lot of your family stuff's coming up, and I, I think you need to talk about your mom. And I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, I love you. You're my wife, but you can't be my therapist. <laughs> You know way too much about me. You can't, you can't do this. And, uh, but I did need a therapist. And I'll never forget, I, I called a buddy of mine named Carl, who was a therapist, lived up north. and I set up an appointment. I'll never forget the very first day. For the first time in my life, I wasn't the pastor in the study with people coming to him. I was the pastor in, sitting down on the therapist's couch. And I'll never forget Carl looking at me and saying, well, Steve, how can I help you? And I said, well, Carl, I think I need to talk about my family. And he said, Well, what do you need to say? And I said, Carl, my mom was an addict. I'd never said those words out loud. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And I could finally caught my breath. I said, And Carl, I love my dad so much, but he he just wasn't around. And I cried, I cried, and I cried. 50 minutes. I said four sentences. And I cried and I cried. Finally, after four sentences and 50 minutes of crying, Carl said, well, Steve, our time's up. That'll be $75. (laughs) And I cried, and I cried. (laughs) And I'm going to look you in the eye, and I'm going to tell you that that's $75 and the many other $75 that I spent during that time was the best money I've ever spent. Because I had some woundedness that I needed someone to help guide me through. And thankfully, God has gifted people that can do that. You know, God can meet us and God can heal us. I, I love, you know, when Paul says, when Paul says forgetting those things that are behind, that Greek word, is, it's a beautiful word. It literally means to, to set it aside. You can't forget it. We never really forget our past, but, but we can take it and, and we can set it aside. We can, we can bring it to God. We can face it. We can bring God, learn from it, and we can, with God's help, we can find healing for it. I love Psalm 103. He says, he's the God who forgives all of your sins, the one who heals all of your diseases, the one who rescues your life from the pit, the one who crowns you with mercy and compassion, and the one who fills your life with blessings. Can I give you just one more? I'll give it to you quick. If you really want to win all the way over your past, you need to let God use your trauma as a testimony. Again, this is one of the great reasons I love Celebrate Recovery is because we don't stop with our own healing. We come to a place where we let God use us to share our story. Now, here's what you saw everyone who was standing just a little bit ago. You see, everybody's got a story. And there are people in this room, they need to hear your story. They need to know how did you find hope and healing? How did you get past your past? Because one of the great things that happened is as we become vulnerable enough to allow God to to not just heal us, but as we become vulnerable enough to share our stories, you know what? God uses our stories to help heal others. I love as Paul became vulnerable about his own failure and dealing with his shame. If you can imagine, Paul killed Christians for a living before he came to Christ and had all this stuff in his past. You can imagine the the shame that he had and how the enemy used that. I love what Paul says in 1 Timothy. He said, but God had mercy on me. He's telling his story. So that Christ Jesus could use me as as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others too, read this with me, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life, all honor and glory to God forever and ever. And Paul's talking about, he doesn't like to admit what he did. He didn't like to admit how much he was in need of the grace of God. But as he did, what did God do? God took Paul's story and he said, you know what? If God can do that with Paul, just think what he can do with you. And that's the victory. I put the statement on your outline and said, You know, God healing your past is a gracious blessing, but God using your past to heal others is victory. There's a gal who um, has shared her story of abuse. When I read her testimony, it, it, it moved me because she again she was she was so bold. And, and she talked about growing up in a home with a, a father who abused her mentally, emotionally, verbally, and sexually ever since she was young. And she talked about how deeply wounded she was from all of that. And she said, I was I was so profoundly ashamed because of all of this. I was ashamed of me. I was ashamed of my father and what he did. And I was also constantly afraid. She said, there was no place I ever felt safe growing up. And I I don't think I can even begin, we can even begin to imagine the kind of damage this stuff does to a child. At school, I, I pretended I had a normal life, but I felt lonely all of the time. And and, and so different from everyone else. I, I felt like I never fit in and I wasn't allowed to participate in after school activities or go to sporting events or parties or date boys. And many times I had to make up stories of why I couldn't do anything with my classmates. For so long I lived with pretense and lies. And she said, it may seem impossible, but God's truth has set me free from a life of pretense and lies. And he has restored my soul. I am living proof that nothing is too hard for God. And no matter what you've been through or how bad you've been hurt, there is hope. And that's why I'm telling you my story. You need to know how good God is and that your struggle is worth it. If you will give your life to Christ and really trust God, you can be completely healed and restored. So you can live the life Jesus died for you to have. Don't give up. Some of you know this woman. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's Joyce Meyer. Joyce is a world-renowned speaker, author, You talk to her, you hear her preach, you would think, wow, what an easy life she must have had. I wish I had a life like hers where God was so good. (laughs) You'd never know that all of this pain was a part of her journey. But somewhere along the way, Joyce made a decision. Her past had taken enough of her life, and it wasn't going to take any more. And so she brought her past to God, and she found healing and wholeness and hope. And you can too. Now, again, I'm not going to tell you one prayer today is going to fix all the stuff that you've been through. But the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And that's through a place of us becoming honest and broken enough to bring our past to God and let him start that healing process. Would you open that part of your life to God? I I don't know where you need healing. We all have a past. Whether you need to forgive somebody or forgive yourself. Whether you have deep-seated wounds that need to be closed or or whether you have personal failures you, you need to overcome. I, I don't know what your story is, but this is what I know. Our God is greater than your past. Rachel's going to lead us in, in a song. I, I love it. It's called Amazing Grace. And it talks about these chains are gone. I've been set free. And this morning, while we sing this, I just invite you to just bring your past before God and say, Lord, I need your amazing grace in my life. I need your healing. I need your grace to wash over me. And maybe today, for the first time, you can take a step toward the kind of healing that God wants to do. But the second part of that, Lord, would you break these chains? I'm tired of my past interfering with my present. I wanna move on to the things that you have for me. And if that's your prayer this morning, Let that resonate from your heart as you come before God. You can can do that right where you are. If some of you want to come and you can kneel on an altar or stand here to make a moment with God, whatever you need to do to, to empty your heart before him, you do that while we sing this song. And then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to meet us here with his healing. Fathers, we come before you today, how thankful we are that we serve a great and mighty God. A God who is not only able to Help us deal with what's in front of us in the days to come, but you're the God who can bring healing to the past. I was thinking today, Lord, of the the woman in the Gospels who had the issue of blood. The Bible talks about she bled for 12 years, trying to find healing and not knowing what to do. And then one day, through an act of faith, she reached out and touched the hem of your garment and you made her whole. Lord, I pray for each one of us today. We all have a past. We may be different in some respects, but Lord, it's we're all broken people in need of the grace and mercy of healing that only you can bring. And so Lord, today, as we, as we lay our failures before you, as we lay our woundedness before you, as we lay our bitterness before you, As we lay all of these things that have held us in chains for so, so long, Lord, we pray that you would touch us with that hand of grace. We pray that you would touch us with that hand of healing. I pray, Father, that for some of us, maybe who have been through trauma like others can't even begin to imagine, that Lord, that you would reach deep into our soul where we really hurt, and that you would begin to close those wounds, break those chains and set us free. Father God, we love you so much. Like Paul, we want to set aside those things that are behind us so that we can run forward to those things which are ahead. Lord, heal our past so we can take hold of your future. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, before Rachel closes this out, let me just say, I, I, know, I, I know I touched on some real sensitive stuff today, and, um, and for that I don't apologize because I really do believe God can bring healing. But if you need some continued help, if you need some guidance on where to go, what to do, if you need some references for therapists or places or programs to help heal your past, or if you just want to set up an appointment, just come talk with one of us as pastors about what you've been through and let us pray specifically with you. We would count that a privilege. I believe with all of our hearts, with God's help, we can win over our past. God bless you.